0: Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregor's Ministries podcast. So excited today to have Brad Spangler and Anna Spangler. Brad's joined us several times if you've been listening, but now his wife, Anna, has joined us. And I'm really excited because, you know, Anna, I think it was 2011. It was uh, the, my first mission trip. I don't know if it was yours, but we went to Thailand and i just have to tell on you when we were in thailand you know there was a guy that brought a cart along and uh, he was letting people sample different types of food there and there were like crickets and okay. bugs and anna was just totally up for anything and i believe she ate every single thing on that cart yeah. <laughs> everything
1: not everything but there were a few challenges though you can't you can't say no to a good challenge
0: yeah but do you remember what what it was that you ate? I feel like you ate a cricket, but I don't know. I don't remember fully.
1: Yeah, I think it was a some sort of a maggot. They had different spices on them. That was not good. There was a, a cricket, which tasted like crunchy popcorn. And then there was a crispy frog. Oh, no. That
2: was, yeah.
0: So I just have to be honest. I didn't have any of that stuff, and so I let uh, Anna and some of the other more brave people dive in. Um, but you know, I was inspired because you know, Anna, that was your first probably step into like real missionary life, and uh, watching them inspired me. And when we were in our mission school, Brad, we had to eat some some crazy things as well, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I feel like in Norway. It's probably not like that. You guys probably have more civilized food, and
3: uh... I, I actually remember um, a couple of years ago going to Kenya for yeah uh, the, the East Africa Faith the Conference. And after a few days of being there, I looked at one of the guys who was um, on the trip with us. And we were like, man, because he lived in Norway as well. Like, man, I'm really grateful that we're living in Norway, right? Because <laughs> I think both of us ended up having some kind of issue with our stomach or ate something that didn't sit right. So anyways,
0: mercy. Well, know,
3: one,
0: one thing I wanted to ask you on and I've talked to Brad several times, but I wanted to kind of get your per- per- perspective on what it was like. Cause you're not originally from Norway, but what was it like for you? Uh, where just for people that don't know you, where are you from originally?
1: Well, I'm actually born in Tulsa. Oklahoma when my dad <laughs> went to Ramos. My dad's from the US and my mom's from Sweden. But I've grown up most of my life in Sweden, Europe. I'm a I'm a mix.
0: Wow. I have You're to be honest though. So...
1: Yeah, I was born in the City of Faith. So, so the old hospital to ORU.
0: Oh, yeah. I I have to be honest, though, when I asked you that question, I was expecting a more exotic location. I didn't know (laughs) you were going to say Tulsa.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm one of those rare people who was actually born in Tulsa.
0: In Tulsa. And so, you know, Tulsa is filled with a lot of imports, but Anna is one that was born and bred in Tulsa. But now she is living in Norway with Brad, and you guys have two kids now. And so, Anna, I wanted to ask you a little bit: What was that experience like for you to grow up here in the U.S.? But you know, feel you know you you obviously had a culture from Europe, but you know, it wasn't where you necessarily always grew up. But what was it like for you to move back and and kind of integrate and into that culture?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I grew up when I was two. We moved to Sweden, and Sweden is a neighboring country to Norway. So when I moved to Norway, I thought our cultures would be very similar. But by living here, I found out that, you know, we are, it's two different people groups, even though the cultures is a little bit similar languages, fairly similar, but there's a difference there's growing up. There was always this kind of brother sister feud between Norway and Sweden and growing up, my dad loved Norway. And we were like, dad, your family's from Sweden. And uh, he always wanted to move to Norway. So it's almost ironic in a sense that and I ended up here. But yeah, there's been some adjustments for us as a family culture wise to just understanding the people.
0: Because
1: yeah. we live on a smaller island and, uh, I guess you can compare it to rural places in the U.S. where people have lived in the same town, maybe grown up in the same house their whole life. You know, everybody knows everybody. And as soon as somebody new comes in, it's like almost this fence comes up and they have to get to know you and they take their time with it before they slowly let you into their lives. So that's Mm -hmm. been something just coming into the community where we're at. I mean, thank God we have a good church that's very open and welcoming. Mm-hmm. So that helped us to settle in, but it's not been until these last maybe two years where I felt like we've really been able to come into the community and get to know people outside of church and yeah, just the ministry.
3: Yeah, I feel like here, uh, it might take a little bit longer to build those relationships. But once you do, they're really deep. I feel like- yeah in America were um, very cordial, very nice, especially in Tulsa. You know, I remember being in Walmart for the first time in Tulsa and somebody who was a stranger started talking to me online. And being from St. Louis, I was like, what? I don't know you. Like, what are you? this is weird. And then somebody else starts chiming into the conversation. and mm-hmm. But it can be kind of surface level. We're here. Um, the relationships get really deep, but it does take time yeah. to, to form those relationships. But with, with our church family, it's been really, really nice having that because that's been, without without the church family, the community, I don't think we'd still be here in Norway without that support. So yeah. has been key.
0: And, and that's huge for anyone that's doing cross-cultural ministry is just to know that the way that you grew up is not the way it's gonna be when you go there. You're gonna have to adapt. It's you're gonna have to change. You're gonna have to accept that people might not be as welcoming as they are in your home city, um, and so you've got to find a way. But you know, I believe that if we reach out as people, we can start to develop real relationships. But you know, you guys, I I know speaking with Brad that you guys had actually received a little bit of encouragement to take one year before you went onto the mission field. And so I know that, you know, we we really want to talk tonight uh, really about the power of agreement and being in agreement together as a husband and a wife, but even in agreement with the word of God as children of God. But, you know, what was it like? I know Brad had heard, had been given that advice to maybe take one year before you guys go to the mission field. And how did you guys kind of come to that conclusion together?
1: Well, I was already living in Norway and working with the ministry here when we got engaged. So I had to move from Norway back to the U.S. to get married. And I remember Brad presented this idea that he'd heard that, yeah, I think it's good if we maybe live in the U.S. for six months to a year. And in my head, I was thinking, no way. I got to... You know, we got to get back. We have to yeah. work with the ministry. We can't be gone that long. They're dependent on us. But looking back, I'm so grateful that we made that decision mm-hmm. to wait a year, because for us, getting newlyweds, but also for Brad, it was going to be a brand new culture for him.
2: Yeah,
1: he hadn't been there yet, new language, and I think that would have been a hard blow on us having all those or so many new things all at once.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the first place we lived was an apartment complex and we used to take walks uh, in the evening um, during the summertime. And we would just talk about being in Norway, about just what it would be like. I would ask on a questions and we just really, see ourselves together um, in the next phase of our life. We knew that yeah. that was where we were heading, but we had to take that first initial season of just getting to know each other, just being married. And one of the scriptures that came up when we were talking about this, the power of agreement was Amos 3.3. And it says, can two walk together unless they be agreed? And in the message it says, do two people walk hand in hand if they're not going to the same place? So I think the first aspect of agreement is that it's important you come, come to the conclusion that you're going to the same place. And that comes through talking about the future, setting time aside to dream together. And that's what we were doing on those walks was, was visualizing ourselves on the mission field, working with the ministry, talking about where we want to be, uh, talking about raising our family in Norway, those kind of things. And that was so powerful in keeping us uh, focused even during that year, yeah. uh, because it, it's easy just to get complacent. Um, it could have, if we could have stayed in St. Louis longer than a year if we wanted to, but like I mentioned before on a different podcast, it was one year to the day, on our one year wedding anniversary that we were walking through the Oslo airport So we took that advice pretty literally when (laughs) they said, hey, take a year off, just focus on being married. And so the dreaming aspect during that phase was super important for us to stay focused.
0: And one thing I'd have to ask you guys is, you know, it's easy when you're in that kind of, uh, you're almost isolated there. I believe you were in St. Louis and you were dreaming about the future. But then once you finally got to, your destination, once you got to Norway, how did you sustain that? How did you not let go of that dreaming? Or if you did, how did you kind of rekindle that ability to dream again together?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's actually something that happened is because we were so, it was so real to us, walking around, talking about it, seeing ourselves in Norway, That's kind of like, you're working for it, that's your focus, you're praying about it, And then all of a sudden you're there and it's like, we made it. We've
3: arrived. We've
1: arrived. (laughs) And it took us actually some years to realize, wait a minute, what are we doing? Just because we arrived in Norway doesn't mean we've reached our final destination. This is just a stop along the way or what we started out with in Norway is just a stop along the way. God has so much more for us,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it took some time for us before we realized that, like, wait a minute, we need to keep dreaming. We need yeah. to ask God, what else is it that you have for us? Not meaning something different than nor what we're doing here, but just we need to see what we're doing here having an effect, seeing it grow and having an impact. Mm-hmm. And we noticed just we would get frustrated with different things in ministry and in church or just at home with a family. And we're like, what is going on? What is happening? This is not the right attitude that we should have. And that's when we kind of realized that we just stopped dreaming, stopped looking. We are so focused, almost like a hamster, just stuck in a hamster wheel, just running around and around and around, being busy with everything. That we stop dreaming about the just the future and talking about what more does God have for us and what more does God want us to do? What are gifts that He wants us to develop in our lives? You know, what are things that He wants for our family, for our kids?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Just getting the right perspective really,
2: yeah, helped us.
3: Yeah. Well, Josh, you know how it is. Like when you work with, with uh, in vocational ministry whether it's in a smaller church or a larger church, or we're also working with Bible schools. We also work um, secular jobs, you know? So there's a lot going on and it's, there's always something to do. You can always put your hand to something. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we just wanted to put our hand to something. We're so hungry to do what God's called us to do that when we got here and you stop dreaming, you stop visualizing, your future you just say yes to everything it's so easy to start Mm -hmm. saying yes to everything so like honest that it feels like you're spinning your wheels or running uh in circles but not really going anywhere so to keep that hope and that joy alive i think it's so important that couples carve out that time yep the dream together i mean after our first um first child was born i think for the first like two years the only time we would do a date night is when we went back to the U S and that was maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of hard to admit, especially. Oh, in,
0: oh I hear you, man.
3: You it's... know, it's like, it's my job to make sure <laughs> I, you know, I'm taking care of my wife. <laughs> and there is, oh. you, know, you, you know, you want to, um, yeah, you just want to cultivate that relationship. But w- it's not always so easy when you're not really close to your, your biological family. Um, yeah, it takes time to develop relationships. That was our first child. So there's trust that needs to be built with people, but now we've made it a point to have date night once a month. Yeah. Um, and even something else we started doing, we're, we're not perfect at it. We're trying to get better at it, but one time a week, we make, make sure that we have one evening after we put the kids down to bed, we kind of call that a date night in the house. Yeah. Now yes. this past week, uh, quarantine dating. Yeah. It's like quarantine <laughs> dating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but really what it's doing is carving out that time to ask those deeper questions mm-hmm. to, to, um, make sure that we're we're talking about the future and where we're going as a family. So I would just encourage people out there listening. hey, if you if you've um, struggled to find that time to get together and talk about your future, be in agreement about where you're heading as a couple, as a family, you know I encourage you <laughs> find a night, put the kids down to bed early. Even if it's something at home, maybe you make a nice little meal or have some coffee in Sweden, they do fika, which would be coffee and something sweet or something to eat with the coffee. Um, You do some fika and you just sit down and talk about, hey, where are we at now? And where do we see ourselves in five or 10 years? Because you'll notice that 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 joy um, will start coming back and, and you realize that you're you both have a common purpose that you're working towards, which is huge in relationships.
0: Yeah.
1: It's an excitement. You get excited about it again. And mm-hmm. yeah. I remember one time I was just out driving and the Lord just spoke to me, you know, having called you to be busy. Mm. And so many times as as Christians, we feel like we're doing a good job if our schedule is full. Yeah. But mm. then if that's not what God's called us to do, it's not really yeah are we really being as effective as we could be
3: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah actually josh um there was a quote from tim ferris i heard uh not too long ago he said chronic busyness is is sometimes um the fruit of lazy thinking wow (laughs) just 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 meaning that hey if you're Mm -hmm. if you're chronically busy um you know, there's different seasons, of course, where we can be more busy than other times. But if it's something that's perpetual year after year, you have to stop for a second and really think, how can I, what am I putting my hand to? What am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? And I think your vision will help filter out what you say yes to and what you say no to. That's, that's super important to keep that real and in front of you and to take time to um, make sure that you're planning ahead and uh, saying yes to the right things.
0: And I think that's one thing that I had to learn, even I'm still learning, is that being busy doesn't mean I'm being productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because my schedule is full, just because it, it feels like I'm always moving doesn't mean I'm actually producing anything worthwhile. And so that's you know a learning process because a lot of times we don't wanna be idle. We don't want to feel like we're not doing anything, but we need to be prayerful uh, and really seeking God and saying, God, what is it that you have me to do? Because one thing I really learned is that God is not withholding anything, especially in his will for my life. He wants to reveal to us what his plan is, and he wants to reveal the next steps we're supposed to take. Um, But I believe that we also have a part to play that we should start moving, but we shouldn't overextend. If that makes sense, we shouldn't just, uh, we should start moving in a direction and let him lead us as we're taking those steps. But don't just spread yourself so thin that you get burnt out and then you're trying to recover from that burnout. And I think that's easy to do, especially as a married couple on the missions field. And I know that you guys probably, everything that you, you know God's been telling you to do or you felt like you're supposed to do, you maybe haven't seen eye to eye. And so I wanted to kind of get your your thoughts on, you know, how you when you dis you had a disagreement about something you were supposed to do, how did you kind of reconcile that and and move forward?
3: We never had disagreements.
0: <laughs> never, not <laughs> one time. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it like- was because Anna was always right. Is that how really? it goes?
3: <laughs> um no that's exactly right though especially working together because we work uh, in church we're on the pastor team so we're in different team meetings together there in the bible school uh, we're working together so you have to know when to put the uh, team member hat on you have to know when to Mm -hmm. put the hat on of hey this is a conversation as husband and wife and not team members so that's kind of tricky but ultimately what we've discovered is that okay we might not see everything eye to eye but as a couple to be in agreement it's important that we do settle on what our values are yeah family Mm -hmm. some of the most productive and most um successful business and businesses in the world will talk about having core values yeah and so for me and for anna we just thought hey if this is working in the, in, the, in the business world, why not use this within our family life as well? And in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And really to simplify that, what it's talking about is making sure that you're not at odds with one another, that you're pulling in the same direction, that you're actually working together. And so I feel like that's what core values do Core values, uh, make sure that you're both working towards the same goals. Because what you value most in life is what you're going to prioritize. Yeah. So just to give an example of what our core values are as a family, we have the four Fs. So the first one is fitness. Second one, faith. We have family. The last one, is (laughs) is figure outable. <laughs> and that's actually a term from, uh, it was a New York Times bestselling book, Everything is Figure Outable. Basically, it means problem solving. Yeah. Right? So what we say is don't look for reasons to complain, look for solutions. Yeah. So we wanna make sure that we're raising our kids in a way where they become good problem solvers. I mean, even when we're giving them compliments, um, I, I rarely try and compliment my, my son and daughter when they do something right. Uh, I'll I'll give them a compliment, but I won't say, hey, you're so smart because you, you did that thing right. Because I don't want them to um, equiv- equivalent doing something right with being smart. What I'll try and say is, hey, you're a great problem solver. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you took so much time doing that. Um, and even if they fail or do something wrong, I want I want them to develop that resilience. So these things even affect the way that we raise, raise our kids. But the core values are ultimately how we want to spend our time, what we want to focus on Mm -hmm. with the family. And actually earlier this year, um, we did a powerful exercise together, both on and myself. And I and I recently wrote about this in an article that's on our ministry page. And it sounds kind of weird at first, Josh, I think I might've talked to you about this, but um, basically what you do is write your obituary. Yeah, You write down words that you would want people, uh, your loved ones, your friends, family, to say about you after you after you die. And it sounds kind of morbid, um, but it's a really powerful exercise because what you realize is, is when you write that down, Typically what we're the busiest with has nothing to do with actually the stuff that you wrote down. Yeah. Right. And this, this obituary is not something for other people. It's more for you. Yeah. Is there a gap in what I say that that's important in my life? The things that I want other people to say about me when I'm gone, is that what I'm actually giving my time to? And and when we both did this, um, it helped actually to filter out some things that we were doing, which looked really good on the surface, but we were able to stay, step back and say, "Hey, um, we need to prioritize maybe more family time or or time, you know, doing date night or whatever." Um, so having those core values will really help you prioritize uh, what you mm-hmm. focus on as a couple, and again, making sure you're going in the same same direction. Even if you don't see absolutely everything eye to eye, you still agree on the most important things.
1: Mm -hmm. It's also, it's important that you learn to listen to each other.
3: Yeah.
1: Ask questions. Because there's sometimes I'll say something and I know how I said it and what I meant with how I said it. And then Brad will interpret it completely different. And I'm like, "Ah, where? imagine that yeah where did i say that or where did you get that from and and vice versa go the other way too and that's why it's so important that you ask good questions and yeah that you're willing to communicate and if mm-hmm. you do disagree it's okay but don't leave it there yeah you know it could be where you take some time to you know just go by yourself and talk to the lord about it like you know why are we why are we butting heads here what's mm-hmm. what's the issue and yeah just asking the lord for help and but just be willing to communicate and talk and ask ask questions and
3: yeah actually one one uh thing we do in our on our date night um is we ask this question and again, this sounds kind of weird, uh, but it, it's very effective.
1: Brad just asked me a
3: question. A never knows, <laughs> knows what yeah. she's gonna get on our on date night. Yeah. But it's on a scale of one to ten, one being, hey, I'm I'm done. I want, you know, I want a divorce. Uh, and ten being, hey, we have the perfect marriage. Nothing it could it couldn't get any better than this. On a scale of one to ten, where where would you rate our marriage right now? And so, this is something we ask uh, ask each other. Yeah. And the goal is for each other. Obviously, you know, if you have one person say, Hey, I really feel like it's a three right now. And the other person says, Hey, I thought it was a nine. Yeah. You know, there's a huge gap there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: But, you know, what one person is perceiving as just a, a bliss and, and heaven. Uh, the other person is really struggling with some different things. So it's a way to kind of um, make sure that you're on the same page and talking about those deeper issues mm-hmm. and then kind of coming out of that question saying, okay, um, usually uh, Anna and I, our numbers are pretty similar, but we think, okay, now what can we do if it's a six or a seven right now? What can we do to get it mm-hmm. to an eight? What yeah. could I what could I do better? What could she do better mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that we're communicating um, more accurately we're listening we're doing a better job listening usually that's that's me i need to listen more uh but what can we do to get this to an eight uh you know and just and just make sure that we're on the same page yeah
1: and it all that also helps us to realize that we both have a responsibility yeah so many times we think well if you just did this and if you just changed that but no when you're in a union it's two people coming together becoming mm-hmm. one and so it requires both people to be willing to work at it and not just think, if only the other person changed. Yeah. But we have to both be willing to,
3: jo- Josh, to
1: make changes.
3: You're married. You've never had this thought. Lord, yeah. if it wasn't for this woman, you get
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was just thinking about it. You know, truly, though, is that if we're not careful, we'll read the Bible to find the faults in our spouse instead of finding true accountability for ourselves. So we'll read these scriptures in Galatians and Ephesians and we'll see how the woman or the man is supposed to act. And instead of saying, I really taking personal responsibility, this is who I'm supposed to be to my wife, or this is who I'm supposed to be to my husband. We'll look and say, well, look, my wife's supposed to be doing this. My wife's supposed to be treating me this way and she's not. And we'll almost use that as an excuse to not treat her the way we're supposed to be treating her or not doing the things we're supposed to be doing. And so I think it's important that as a husband or as a wife, we have to take personal responsibility for ourselves. If as if a husband does what he's supposed to do and if a wife does what she's supposed to do, it's not always gonna be perfect, but you're gonna be working together towards the ultimate goal of, of being like a, a real, uh, view of Christ and the church and the earth. And so not that you're never gonna have an argument, not that there's never gonna be a disagreement, but you're always gonna be, be moving forward because you're always gonna be looking for the betterment of the other person. And I think that's really what agreement's all about. It's uh, you know not always seeing all, eye to eye all the time, but always looking for the benefit of the other person, even if it takes a little bit of sacrifice of myself even if it takes a little bit of my time or my attention that I feel like maybe should have gone to something else. If my wife needs it, I've got to find a way to redirect it towards her because ultimately that's going to help me be more productive in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even when it comes to like major life decisions or, or things that you're supposed to be doing going forward in your life, how do you feel like you guys have, have worked through that? You know, because we sometimes some of us move faster than the other people. Some of us are are more quick. You know, just to use myself as an example, because I know Brad, you you and Anna are probably a little bit different, but for me, I'm a little bit more slow. My wife Lorena, she will just jump in and she wants to start doing it and doesn't do the research, doesn't try to like figure it out. And in my myself, I'm trying to figure it out like what's the process? How do we go? And so I didn't know, like, how did, how did you guys kind of navigate that for yourselves?
3: Yeah, so we don't make any major life decisions unless we're both totally yeah. in agreement. Yeah, And that's been really key. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say a, 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 a pain point in our marriage um, or a, a source of frustration has been at times not when we didn't recognize how different we were, we do now. And we actually now we have some language around it. So like I can go from zero to a hundred really quick. Um I have ideas every other day. And I can I can turn directions on on like a dime, you know? Yeah. Um so it should have been done like yesterday. Type mentality. And Anna, she's a lot more Sometimes curious and asking more questions, and I can take her questions as she's doubting me, and it's like, why are you asking me questions? Just get on board. And one of the things oh. I, yeah, it's like one of the things I, I loved about Oni was the fact that she would think for herself. She's not one to just go with the crowd. Yeah, uh, she she'll actually bring great ideas to the table and has so much to offer. But at the same time, um, when I'm like in my mode of go go go. That's one of the most frustrating things for me, and so actually, just yesterday we were at the gym, and she's like, "You're going 100 miles an hour right now again," <laughs> because I'm just throwing out these ideas, and uh, so we compliment each other mm-hmm. quite well because now we actually listen. So instead of me saying, "Well, well, Lord, if she would just get more spiritual like me, uh, and pray more, maybe she would, <laughs> maybe <laughs> she, you know, get on the bus and and we could we could drive this thing." Yeah. Instead of thinking like that, I kind of slow down and say, hey, there's a reason why she's she's uh, taking taking her time. I need to slow down a bit and we need to come into agreement because it does absolutely no good for me to mentally move forward on this until yeah. we we've come into complete agreement, prayed about it together. And I mean, ultimately... Uh, like I've said before on many podcasts she's the one who keeps me out of a lot of trouble Josh
0: (laughs) I assume that and how do you you feel like it is for you to you know have a a relationship with somebody and I feel like maybe this podcast we're talking about agreement but this is also great just relationship advice even if you're single and you're listening this is great advice because it's going to be some things that you're going to have to deal with once you get married and you know, all of us want to fulfill the plan of God for our lives. And so how we do that together is so important. But, you know, Anna, I wanted to, to ask you what that's like to have, you know, Brad wanting to go zero to 100 super quick. And you kind of, you're hanging back a little bit more. But also, how do you kind of navigate the whole situation with that?
1: I guess it's kind of like Brad's driving a Formula One car and I've got the family van <laughs> the ball <laughs> the mama, making sure is everybody buckled in everybody's yeah. ready have we chosen the best route and so yeah i mean it's been times of frustration because it's not we're not in agreement yeah with what we're doing or where we want to go but sometimes it's just the way we're going there the route and you know sometimes it is that the lord might reveal something to the to the one person but it takes time for the other person to jump on board and so there's been some times mm-hmm. where you just had like put the brakes on i'm not mm-hmm. saying this is not a god or a good idea but can we talk about it yeah is this the right season for it mm-hmm. sometimes i think it's important that you realize what season you're in because then that'll determine what you focus on or what you do or what you're capable of doing. I mean, if you try to harvest in the spring when it's planting season, you're not gonna have that good <laughs> success. Or if you try to plant yeah. when it's harvest season, mm-hmm. you know, you're not gonna benefit from it. So it's just learning what seasons you're in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just because your spouse is a hesitant, maybe you're asking questions for your idea, yeah. You know we're different too. God's made us different. Like Brad's a very great at vision and seeing things and I'm more kind of like you. Well, let's think about it. What about this? What about that? Looking at it from the different angles, making sure there's no loophole or fine print.
3: Yeah. But you have to you have to know that the Holy Spirit is in your your partner. Yeah. yeah. And trust that that person can hear from God just as much as you. And yeah. I, you know, I will admit I believe on is more sensitive a lot of times, you know, uh, to the Holy Ghost because I'm so like, let's just take action now. You know, I can like it's almost like if Anna were to call me and say, hey, I need to stop by the grocery store and pick up some cheese before I let her actually tell me what she's making. It's like, oh, got it. I hung up, I'm going, I'm getting some cheese. I'm getting mozzarella cheese, thinking she's making pizza. She's like, um, no, actually I needed, <laughs> I needed some uh, you know, Norwegian brown cheese because we're doing some waffles later on. And I completely put my own interpretation on it. I had the first word, oh, we need cheese, I'm, I'm gone. But it's like, no, slow down a second. I actually need this. This is the recipe, this is what I'm making. So uh, yeah, just learning to trust that your partner is hearing them, and 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 also, like Anna said, it's not that she's disagreeing with me at times. Uh, it's just a matter of like we need to move at at a pace where both of us are pulling the same the same pace, the same amount of power. We're going the same direction. Again, going back to that scripture, not to be unequally yoked, because yeah. that's where things start to go wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think too, just even real recognizing that, um, you know, being married, you know, both of you have grown up differently. You have had different paces your whole life, and now you're becoming one person. And so you're having to recognize that. But also, you know, just like if uh Anna asks you a question, or if Lorena asks me a question, or if I ask Lorena a question, it's not that I don't believe in the vision that they're they're talking about, but it's just that. We're trying to work together to, okay, I see what you're saying, but how is this going to happen? And you start asking questions to really get it to be further developed. And you need both of those perspectives. And that's why it's, it's, uh, God says that two are better than one, that we aren't, man is not good alone. So uh, by ourselves, we'll just go out, we'll run ahead, we'll do whatever we feel like we need. But when we have some wise counsel, and a lot of times, Brad, you can you can account for this and you can confirm this, but our wife is wise counsel to us, and so they will give us wisdom and help help guide and, and help give us places that we're supposed to go. But, you know, when you guys found like maybe you were discouraged or, you know, you felt like uh, I, things didn't work out the way that I we thought they were. How do you guys feel like you you recover from that? How do you you pick your pick each other up and encourage each other in those situations
1: I think for Brad and I we've said it's good that we've never both been discouraged on the same day yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so we always had the other person to kind of help us or you know help us refocus or but it's it's important though, if you feel discouraged, to not try to hide it. Sometimes as Christians, you yeah. put this front up as if everything's perfect and that's not good. Cause we go, and we end up carrying stuff and then we feel guilty and we feel bad. We are easily frustrated mm-hmm. at, a, you know, at nothing, but it's because of what we're carrying. So I think it's important to be open with one another. Mm-hmm. If you're discouraged and talk about it and, uh, Listen, sometimes I think we're too quick to try to give the other person advice. Sometimes they just need you to just listen to them and that it's okay yeah. because as you talk, you you hear yourself, you're like, wait a minute, this is not me.
3: By we, she means me. No.
0: no. <laughs> I was laughing to myself just to be honest because I knew she <laughs> was talking about you. No, no, I, hear no, same. I hear what you're saying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. I do the same thing. I'm like a fixer. I want to try to fix things. Yeah. So yeah. I have understand. to learn, like, no, just wait, be patient, listen. Mm-hmm. But you know, as you talk about and you hear yourself, you're like, wait a minute, this is not who I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is not what I see for our future or sometimes. It has to do with seasons too. You might be in a, in a winter season, you see nothing. I mean, here in Norway, we had a pretty long winter. Everything was just white. Yeah. But at the same time, there are things working, there are Mm -hmm. things growing and preparing that when the time is right, it's going to bloom, it's going to flourish. And so sometimes it could just be reminding yourself that, you know, Hey, don't give up. You're so close. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Instead of just stopping when you're so, so close to the finish line. It was funny tonight when I was driving home, there was a cat running over the road ahead of me. And as soon as he saw the car, he kind of froze. And then instead of just running the last foot to cross the road, he turned around and ran back to where he started from, and I'm thinking so many times we do that as as Christians. We're so close to where we want to get, mm-hmm. but then because of different circumstances or fear, or because maybe we've just lost sight of it, we turn around and go back instead of realizing it was just a step forward, and we would have been there.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this morning. Uh, I got, up, got my, my, um, food ready. Um, and when I got to work, I noticed that Anna had put different notes inside my, my lunchbox. And basically one of the, one of those notes said, um, it was talking about our future. You know, I, I believe at one point, um, I'll be writing books right now. I've been working, uh, working on writing articles, Josh, you've been helping me with that, putting on putting them on our ministry page. This year I'll be starting a blog and eventually I see myself writing books. Yeah. And I just said, hey, you are a best-selling author and I can't wait to read your first book. And that was so encouraging, so inspiring uh, when I got to work this morning because she's keeping that vision. Like I, we talked about earlier in the conversation, that dreaming together. Uh, she's keeping that in front of me. I'll never forget it. One night, right before we were going to bed, I was a bit discouraged. And again, I work in a, in a factory uh, during during the day, full time. Um, and around that time, there was actually several people who were, were retiring from that factory. And I just kind of saw myself like, I started having these like thoughts like, what if I'm 65 or 67 and I'm working in the factory still. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I know that's not what I'm called to, ultimately. Yeah. Super grateful for the opportunity, but it's not my calling. I could have worked in a factory in the U.S., yeah. but I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. But I was just kind of having those different thoughts. And I'll never forget, Anna looked at me and she said, Brad, you're more than a factory worker and she said it with such sincerity and conviction it just i almost started crying and i think about those words so often because it reminds me yes we do have a vision the seeds been planted the roots are growing underground i'm not going to stop and dig my seed back up no i'm going to keep working because like honestly god's doing things in the unseen realm that we we can't see it right now but we're going to be faithful we're going to be patient it's just like nehemiah when he was on the wall and he had his enemies come out they were in that field they were like hey come out here. He's like, no, I'm doing a great work. I can't leave. And that's the attitude that we have to do. We're on a mission. We're doing a great work. We're pulling in the same direction, but Anna was there to keep that vision clear in front of me and saying, no, this is where we're heading. This is the direction we're going. And we've both been, we've both have have, uh, been able to do that for one another at different times. So It's so key to have that person. And if you're not married, if you're not in a relationship uh, with someone right now, you have, get a friend, get a family member, get somebody who can encourage you in those moments because they're going to come God's plan. It's tough. And I've said it before on this podcast, grace doesn't make things easy. It makes it possible you're going to go through things that are super tough you need to expect that yeah you need to have that attitude that i'm doing a great work no matter what it is you don't have to be a missionary you might be a stay stay at home mom you might be a business person you might be somebody who's a, a, a custodian at a school whatever it is that god's called you to do that's a great work and you need to have that resilience that attitude that hey I'm not going to stop, but I, you need to have that person in your life, no matter who it is, that's going to build you back up and, and lend you their belief at times. Yeah. Get you back yeah. up and get you back on track and say, Hey, you're worth it. God's not finished with you. Get back up and keep on walking.
0: I think that's the importance of having a community and especially having a church home. Uh, you know, even if you're not married, you know, Brad is blessed with an amazing wife and Anna. I'm blessed with the amazing wife and Lorena and we have these people, but if you're single that doesn't mean that you are exempt from these things that's the amazing part of a church body of having a local church is that there are people surrounding you all the time that can hear the the voice of the Holy Spirit and can lift you up even in moments when you weren't expecting it. Brad probably wasn't looking for Anna to give him an encouragement but she knew she by the Holy Spirit that she needed to let him know he's not just a factory worker. And whenever she said that to him that just gave him the little boost that he needed. But one thing I also encourage people to do is be Anna in other people's lives. Be the person that has a word for other people. If you see somebody that's discouraged, don't just be thinking about, well, no one's given me a word. No one's came and encouraged me. But think about how you can be that encouragement to other people. And it's just, it's tremendous what can happen whenever we do that. And we come alongside someone and we partner with them. And, you know, that's one thing, you know, and Brad has mentioned it several times. They're writing articles. They're doing some awesome things on their Facebook page, Spangler Ministries. You can also, uh, you know, they have a, you guys have a, uh, Brad tell, and Anna, tell us a little bit about what you guys do on your monthly newsletter and some of the things you guys share on that as well.
3: Yeah. So we always have um, an article and we also update people with the Bible School what's happening uh, yeah. in Norway we have currently two locations one one Bible school in the the west here in Bergen one in the east um, coming up later this year we have another launch it'll kind of be like a hybrid campus a uh, little bit virtual some in-person teaching uh, we also like I said we' we're, we're on the the pastor team for our local church and we always have different activities and things going on there we do family updates so, I mean, yeah. our, we feel like our purpose is to inspire others to follow Jesus yes. and help, help them fulfill their God-given potential. Our heartbeat is to add value to other people. Like you yeah. just said, Josh, that so touches my heart because that's what we're all about. We want to be that encouragement to other people. We want to lift them up uh we we want to help them run their race well that's 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 our heart that's what we desire to do
0: and and i love what you guys are doing so anybody that's listening just want to encourage you to go follow and support spangler ministries if you go to their facebook page you're able to uh go and subscribe to their their uh monthly newsletter but also donate to them because they're doing a tremendous work there and we know that in the body of Christ, we always do things together. We are teammates together. So if you feel inspired listening to them, become a partner, get involved because they are helping reaching, they're helping to reach Europe. And so guys, thank you so much for joining us. But Anna, I don't wanna leave you out. I wanna give you, do you have anything you'd like to share just at the end, a, a last encouragement for people or, or anything at all? Yeah, just,
1: I mean, especially if you're single, you know just believe god that he has the right person for you yeah it's better to have somebody to share your life with and just yeah believe him for that i mean i told god i was never going to marry an american and look <laughs> here i am with with brad so
3: congratulations <laughs> God gives us what we need.
1: I'm <laughs> yeah. not, not
3: always what we want. What we yeah, need.
1: because, I mean, God <laughs> knew the desires of my heart, and he knew because I trusted God and the plan that he had for me, I had to just kind of lay down my ideal <laughs> idea of a
0: of right. cousin, someone that wasn't Brad, yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I
1: think he's somebody. I think he's somebody Swedish. But you know what's funny is once I met Brad's mom, I found out that he's Swedish. So God, wow. he's like his grandfather is a half Swedish. But just saying, you know, God has the it's good best. Safe. Yeah, it's good God safe. has the best. Nice, well done. Yes. God has the best for us and he loves us and we just have to trust him and you know that he wants a good life for us. Yes. And that when we're obedient to him, good things follow.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well guys, again, thank you so much for joining us. I hope this is just the first of many times that we have you on together. Maybe next time I can convince Lorena to join us. And uh, we'll have an awesome conversation. But I know uh, everyone that's listening, again, Spangler Ministries is how you can find them on Facebook. Go and support them. We just encourage you that you know what they're doing in Europe is just awesome. And so uh, if you're watching on Facebook or Instagram, I uh, just want to let you know the audio version is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you listen, this uh, podcast is available. And Uh, Even if you're not partners with us or Brad or Anna, one way you can help partner with us is to pray and to also share this podcast with other people, because we believe the things that we spoke today were by the Holy Spirit and that it's going to bless other people. So again, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank
2: you.